0: Let me tell you how it will be We'll all catch up on the books you'll see Cause it's the X-Men Yeah, it's the X-Men Hello everybody and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast This is episode 251 It is an X-Men episode And I'm going to be going through two books. I'm going to be going through X-Force number 15 and New Mutants number 14. And I had recorded earlier with Ruben, uh, but the audio got a little bit of a snafu. Uh, So what I ended up doing, even though it it really does sound like he's talking through a walkie-talkie, I ended up putting that up on the Patreon as a bonus episode. It'll be the same two books that I'm talking about tonight on this podcast, but... A little bit different with Ruben there I'm going to take a little of Ruben's ideas And pretend they're mine though Because that's what I do But we'll be going through these two books But before I do that Head on over to the Twitters at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Also, go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we have news, previews, and reviews. And then also, you can go over to our Patreon account, where we end up doing a bunch of shows, a bunch of Marvel shows. Now, this coming week, there's not a ton of books. And right now, the poll for our Patreon-only spotlight, which is... Two books picked by the badasses, the Get Fresh Crew, beep boop, uh, is King and Black number two and U.S. Agent number two. So if you wanted to hear those, you could go over to the Patreon uh, to listen to those on Wednesday night. We also had last week, if you were wondering... Black Cat, number one, and Taskmaster, number two, were on our Patreon spotlight, so that's the big deal. And then coming up, because there is an annuals week, and an annuals week is if there's five Wednesdays in a month, which there is, in December, the week of an annuals week, the fifth week, all of the shows are on the Patreon as well. It happens a couple times a year, but during that week, all of the shows will be Patreon only, so if you would go over and check it out, now, in the next couple of weeks, maybe even uh, January 1st, when you go over and the new year starts, we'll have a ton of exclusive stuff that you can listen to there. If you're not so into that, you could just pretend that we take a couple of breaks and things like that and whatnot. But I'm not taking a break now. I'm going to actually go into new mutants to start with and we're gonna start with new mutants number 14 as i said and it is written by vita ayala ayala's first issue on this art by rod rice letters by vcs travis lanham and before we even start i will tell you and i've said this on the podcast before i'm not a rod rice fan i am not i know that a lot of people do like his art i do not i think the watercolor style ends up not being able to tell a story in a great way. A lot of times the backgrounds are kind of smudged out or no backgrounds at all. And everybody looks like they're from Buffalo. I mean that by saying they look drunk because of their big red noses. It it throws me off. The big red nose is what always ends up throwing me off with it. And I remember, I think the first time I really saw Rod Rice's art was in the Kyle Higgins Winter Soldier Mimi. Didn't like it then, don't like it now. So my score at the end, it may be something if you do like Rod Rice's art, it probably would be a little higher than my score. I just want to let everybody know before we go in, and please don't yell at me. But here is the summary here. We have no mention of Ten of Swords, which is very odd. On the island nation of Krakow, the good work continues, building a society where every mutant can find their place to belong. And on the island nation or Krakoa, the new mutants aren't so sure. Belonging is hard enough, even when you aren't a teenager and don't have mutant powers, and when everyone who knows what they're doing isn't busy running a country. Youth of Krakoa, rise up, time to figure it out for ourselves. And we have that going on, but it seems too quick in the whole landscape of things with The, you know, youth of Krakoa rise up because you're bored and you might be hurting yourself because you don't have anything better to do. It says that in a letter that the new mutants send off to Xavier. And I think, number one, it's a little too soon for that. Number two, I think that that's just a forced setup to get to what we're setting up in this issue with the Shadow King. I think that a lot of these characters are better than that. I think a lot of these characters are better than that and would be able to guide the younger ones to be better than that as well. And I know it's just me, but I'd rather have a book where the young characters – and I love young characters. I'd rather have them show why they are better and why they don't necessarily need to be watched constantly so that they don't do bad things. And this kind of kind of forces it towards that. With the letter that is on one of the pages, you get this letter to Professor X, and he's like, hey, you know, we're, we're busy here, right? And, and to, to accentuate that, we do start off with the origin of the Shadow King. We end up seeing the origin with Amani Farouk becoming the Shadow King, being convinced to go with the Shadow King. And of course, it's when his father and a lot of people in his village, which he's having a... You know, good enough time his father's real problem he loves his father his father ends up dying in a plague and then without that guidance he is able to be manipulated and pulled away by the shadow king now by the end of this the shadow king is on krakoa is on what me and me and ruben when we talked, must be one of those you know invisible places those places that are bad the cancer parts of krakoa that they can't really see into uh, Because it's this gnarled old tree looking thing that the, you know, the Shadow King's in there, uh, Farouk. But even then, when you have the kids by the end going to see him and telling them secrets, what's going on in the island, things like that. There's no doubt that anybody in there, know, you can't even make the mistake that this is not bad. I mean, it looks bad. Shadow King just looks scary as all hell. I would have ran, crapped my pants three times, and then run up and call me in the morning. I I would have been so off from this. There's no way that Shadow King is convincing me of anything except that I need better hygiene. But with that, that's the setup. The setup is, okay, the younger kids, they don't have anybody to watch them. I really would have liked, and I think it will end up being this, is the idea that uh, moon star and karma and magic and, and Spain, they will be able to warpethem. We'll be able to come in and help them by the end. But then it just—I don't—I don't love stories this quick that point to you know things where the adults here, the Xavier, Magneto, even you know Scott and Jean and Wolver- that they aren't really paying attention. That they are letting things go. Now, if you pull in the whole Ten of Swords deal. And kind of say, well, everybody's busy because they were off doing – that That would be something a little bit different. But speaking of the Ten of Swords, where are all these mutants that came with Arako coming and combining? I need to see those. And I thought that this book might be one of the ones that you'd get that. What ends up happening is this kind of feels like you're pushing that whole Children of the Atom book into this with Vida Ayala writing. And it's okay once you get started, and I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and wait a couple issues before I really pass full judgment on it. But right now, it just doesn't feel like the new Mutants book that we had before, and I know that a new writer will change that, but I'm not really digging this as much as some other people are. Uh, I see a lot of people saying this is the greatest thing ever, and I did mention When I recorded with Ruben again I've talked to some people about this I told Jay from Canada this that the X-Men fans and you know I'm new into the X-Men stuff but the X-Men fans that are from back in the day and all that they seem very lenient with books as long as the characters in them are their characters, like you'd have a book. And if you're a fan of Moonstar and magic, then you're going to let things slide a little in that book with them. And, you know, I'm here though, trying to figure out my favorite characters and things like that. And so I don't have that in. And so this issue in this book right now, it, it hasn't grabbed me, you know, the way I thought when people were saying it's great. Now, again, it's the first issue of Vida Ayala. So I'm not going to say that I expected this. Oh, my God, I'm going to love this forever or whatnot. What I'm getting to is Gabby's in this, my favorite character. Now, I, I hate calling her Scout, but that's what she's going with after Mariko Tamaki decided to lay that on us at the end of that stupid series that she was in. Right. Take that. Um, but even then, feels a little off here. I don't like the way Vida Ayala writes Gabby that much yet so I'm going to wait for that as well but as we go on you do see that the new mutants are having some problems you have a little PTSD type deal of the stuff they've gone through especially with other world things and all but I'd love to see what's going on now in the here and now with that combined deal but before we're going to ever get to that in this book we end up having kind of like let's go and train the youngsters let's go out and have these little war games type deal and you're going to end up having a synergy you're going to end up having the synergy thing where it is combo moves with certain characters it feels very video game-esque it really does hundred percent uh with the idea that you know let's go and and get Magic and Danny Moonstar Synergy, that's a Mirage Projection Range extended by Teleportation Disc like these And it feels, even at points where You're like, fight! And it looks Just like it would be A video game, which is cool But that's a lot of what this issue is And so with that, I'm like Alright, I, I like it enough, I'm excited To see what's going to go on, I'll Give it its chance, all that And then you end up getting Gabby, and Maybe it's just me and I'll tell you I love Gabby I've read everything Gabby's been in so I could say that at least I know her and people can say I'm wrong but the idea that Gabby in the middle of all this they're like hey you know should we really go full out what happens cuz they even say listen there's going to be some of these combos some of the synergy that's going to be so crazy that everything might blow up and we all might die but <laughs> what who do we care because we can have resurrection so Gabby raises her hand and says, "Um, yeah, I I heard somebody said, you know, I, I think I heard Havoc say that they're not going to resurrect Madeline Pryor because she was a clone. And, uh, you know, it really wouldn't matter other than I'm a clone and I'm worried. And she seems very, she's concerned. Okay, first off, you kind of know Madeline Pryor is not exactly the greatest of things. So right there you can say, well... You know, maybe it's something more than just clone deal, but even if it is, and even if this is your concern, I think that what Gabby would be more concerned with is right now laura x twenty three is off of that vault, the children of the Adam vault deal, where she has gone to, I think she'd be more worried about her. I think she'd be way more worried that Laura. Might die and not be able to come back Because she in fact is a clone as well And I think that that would have been a better play here I really would have thought that Gabby, Because when you're doing this You have Gabby there Yeah, I'm real concerned about not being resurrected If you go and look at the Ten of Swords I pointed it out when we talked about it One of the big things that I love Was when Scott and Gene were going there To be the Calvary To save Cable But also all the mutants He's giving the rah rah speech. They're getting ready. Gabby was in the front row. Gabby was ready to go. And there was no trepidation there. There was no, uh, excuse me, Mr. Uh, Cyclops. Uh, yeah, because even then, she was going to a, a deal where if she died, there isn't any resurrection. You're going to come back wrong. You're not going to. And she didn't care then. So why is she caring now? And I think that there was a lot of the characters that were going, but Gabby especially, she was there. And she was right in the front. And so I think that that was a bit of a misplay only to shove this clone thing in where, again, I didn't think it was full out Gabby. She's like, I guess, and all with her red nose, like she's been drinking too much. Um, but, yeah, you have all that going on. And, and, yeah, the whole video game-esque synergy things. it was cool. But I need a little more. And then what you end up having is a couple of the mutants then. You know, go walking off. That's the end of the lesson. Hey, Gabby, you're a real downer. She really put everything down for everybody else. Because then you have like no girl Tuss. You have them going off, talking with each other, going out They're heading off. They're going to head towards this tree. You get a bit of cosmer, which I do like, where you end up having right before of Swords, that's the mutant that they ended up getting that can warp reality. And I actually like her. And I like the idea that she's trying to control her power. She's doing a decent enough job with it. I actually think that, you know, she might be one of my favorites in this book already, just because she's new and I was there, but still I like her. Um, but they go off and they head towards this old gnarled looking I don't know, tree, mound, something. Again, the Rod Rice art is a little bit off for me at points, but you end up going and they go into this deal where there's a fire going, so I would assume it's more rock, and there is the Shadow King. There's Farouk looking like the most devilish guy. He might as well be twirling that mustache, a mustache that looks like it was painted on after Because it was an afterthought But hey, that's just me You have stolen my dreams Um, But like, hey, you know, what do you got to tell me? I've been waiting for you, kids I'm like, run, don't don't stay there He's not good He's not even pretending to be good Please stop And they're like, well, you know, we're learning new things today We're doing this And the Shadow King bit is pretty cool Because that does right away make you think, Xavier, number one, that if this is the deal, Xavier's really not going to forgive himself for letting these kids get involved here. But also it brings up Storm. You know, you think of Storm and her deal and how she started as well. And the Shadow King and all this is intertwined. So that's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool setup for all these things. It's just, I'm not going to go. And when I say that, and I was saying earlier, eh, you know, I'm not really into that. I'm more in the lines of everybody telling me That I'm going to love this issue That I was going to fall head over heels It's just set up I mean any first issue Is going to be But yeah the one thing that would have drew me in Being Gabby just felt off And I I don't need her to just sit there With her puppy dog eyes And her red drunken nose And and try to get me the feels I love Gabby I love Gabby no matter what And that didn't feel fully like The Gabby that I like Though maybe some will say that I'm Full of crap because I usually am, but if I saw that Shadow King, I wouldn't be anymore. <laughs> my pants would be right. You if I if I was dreams. going to see him, I, I would definitely say, "Wait a second, you know, I need to go get some some depends undergarments or something because unfortunately, my mutant power is, is not anything to do with holding in my bowels. I I can't do it. It scares me. Things scare me a lot. I used to get scared so much, and my mom used to make me watch. Uh, horror movies with her when I was like six and it warped my brain. I, I just, I couldn't take it. I didn't like them. I, at at points, I really did legitimately think I was going to be possessed by the devil and anybody who would come up with any story that would be like, oh my God, there's a, you know, octopus in the sewers and they reach up and grab you and grab your junk. I believe it because I've seen just as bad of things Uh, In these movies, and being so young, and and I was dumb, just like I am now, right? I didn't know what was real or not, and I think my mom used to screw with me with it. Now, I'm running scared still. You know, man, I'm running scared. I got five kids. They're they're braver than me at points. But overall, I said I'm not a big Rod Rice fan, but still, I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. If you are a fan of his art, I think that you would definitely go higher. You could be in the 8s even. People giving it tens, that might be a little too much. But then again, what do I expect? Me looking now on the Comebook Roundup and getting upset about tens is pretty much the definition of insanity by now because I don't know why I would think me going there is going to change anything. Like, oh, maybe I'll go today and there won't be 8 million. up. Oh, there is. All right, better get used to it. But me getting mad, that's insanity. But I'm going to move on to the next issue which is X-Force. And this is X-Force number 15, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Joshua Cacera, colors by Guru FX, letters by V.C.'s Joe Karamanya. After an attack on Krakoa by Russian super soldiers, Beast spearheaded the public arrest of Colossus due to his national and familial ties. Threats to Krakoa's safety are closing in on all sides Is X-Force prepared to meet them. Now, the X-Force book is all about the security of Krakoa, you end up having Black Tom has freaked out through this whole series, the whole Dawn of X books. He's freaked out when one mutant has come on to without him knowing the idea that they have these big threats where you even had these super soldiers show up with bits and pieces of domino skin on them so that they could actually go in undetected, all that going on and killed Xavier. And he, just freaked out he blamed himself he has all this now in this issue after a ten of swords and after so many you know new mutants are on the island dealing with Araco and things like that and we're waiting to see what that really means and all that you would think that at least black tom would be trying to figure some things out that he'd be upset in this issue he's drinking mai tais on the beach he's actually just laying there Drinking mixed drinks on the beach As if he's in Buffalo And he's there And even then, when you end up having this threat Which ends up being a threat that's from the ocean Ends up something that comes from Krakow Goes down below and seems to possess uh, Any sort of animal life You know, that it comes in contact with A whale, then a bunch of sailors on a ship Things like that You end up even then where These people are drifting onto Krakoa and Black Tom. Oh, what's that? Uh, You know, I thought it was Driftwood. No, you you better start doing your job a little better there, Black Tom. I mean, really, seriously. Uh, But with that, I do like, you know, the other parts that we're getting here. It's just what we're not getting that kind of bewilders me. And I'm wondering when we're going to see the ramifications of how the whole Ten of Swords ended and what's going on with that. Maybe we just have this little, lull, well, these things were written before. I don't know because the timing is getting towards, you know, a little too late now, uh, even though it just kind of ended. But you're still when you go through books, at least mention it, at least mention something in it. And there's no mention. But the whole deal with Colossus, you know, Colossus is a good guy, right? He's not a bad guy. He's there, but he does have those ties to Rasputin. He does have ties to Russia. So this is where Beast is trying to figure out, you know, should we be worried? He ends up having Gene there scan his brain, checking all the things out. He doesn't. He's clean. He's a good guy. And so he ends up going off. And I do like the idea. Gene is really, really losing patience with Beast. Beast seems to be going over to the dark side here, though, again, There is, you know, a precedent to think they at least have to check out Colossus and and what's going on because, you know, his whole deal and his connection with Rasputin. So to check is one thing, but Beast really humiliating him in front of the whole island, all those things was a little too far. And as Colossus goes off to go back to Kayla and the Savage Lands, you end up having Jean say, listen, Colossus does not want or need. An apology, but I demand that you give it to him Go over there, and I thought that Gene was really good there And, you know, hey, you know, Klaus, sorry, my bad, whatever He's like, you know, whatever, and he goes off But in the meantime, then, after a quick little deal that shows this And maybe some people know more of what this is This crazy black ball that actually, to me Looks like this could be the beginning of like the King and Black symbiote deal, but it doesn't seem symbiotic. It seems more involved with plant life and things like that, but we'll see what goes on with that. But still, you end up having this Omega Red deal. And this is a lot of stuff that Wolverine had been dealing with in his own book as well the whole vampire nation with, uh, you know, Dracula and then the deal they made with Omega Red, where he has been given you know what he he needs the carbonadium i'm i terrible with saying that synthesizer so that his crazy metal tentacles can get the radioactivity down and all that stuff but that's what he needs and he has one and that's where they know listen he made a deal he made a deal with the Draculus and we got to do something about it so you end up having beast come up with the idea you know with you know omega reds a double it let's make him a triple agent let's make him a crisscross applesauce agent what we're going to do is we'll rip the synthesizer out of his chest we'll end up tinkering with it he ends up even going beast takes it to forge and says listen we need some modifications here and the modifications are a microphone and a tracker and then what you're going to get and, and with that you end up having to read the little You know printed out page To get the full story of this Where Beast wants to then Put that back in Resurrect Omega Red And have him not remember His death or resurrection So he thinks that he's still smooth Smooth sailing And then he'll go back to the Vampire Nation With probably you know duped up info That they'll feed him He goes off and you know You can see what's going on They have the in, They have a microphone They're a tracker All that stuff Now, with that, the Five want no parts of this. Like, Gene has already left Beast and said, you're going too far. I don't want any parts of it. The Five object to this as well. The Five are not down with this whole duping resurrection nonsense. They send a letter or a little deal off to Xavier, and Xavier says, doesn't matter what you want. The X-Force gets to do what they want. I do what I want, is what they're going to say. And then you end up having the five. Get well, That's such a bad precedent. And you end up, Xavier, doesn't matter. That's what they're going to be able to do. So Beast pretty much has free reign to do the crazy stuff he's doing. Now, I love Beast. I don't think Beast is necessarily going way, way over because the things that he's doing, checking out Colossus, again, there is a reason for that. Omega Red's a piece of crap. So I don't care about Omega Red. But if you are on Krakoa, the five are there for resurrection. They're not there for judge and jury or executioner. They're there for resurrection. And that's what they're trying to do. So they're trying to do their job in the best way possible. And in, I guess, the most humane way and not judging anybody gets to go. And so they even say, can't we just bring back Omega Red? In a way that he doesn't need the synthesizer, and that he'll be happy, and he'll be with us and all so that also sets up the deal where not only is beast setting up a mega red to be the crisscross applesauce quadruple agent, they could fix the thing that you know plagues him all like they could actually make him the best version, and maybe that would be if if you don't have the synthesizer and don't need it. You would hope that then he wouldn't have the ties with the vampire nation and would just stay. But again, Wolverine doesn't believe any of that. He wants to just kill him. Wolverine says, There's two things that I want to do. We're either going to send him down there with Sabretooth or else I'm going to kill him and we ain't resurrecting him. I mean, I want to get rid of it. And at the point where they're talking about this and Beast is like, Whoa, 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 you know, we could do other things. You end up with Wolverine saying, Listen, You want a red planet, you want the vampires to rule, then whatever, because I'm not doing that. Vampires, they drool. I rule. That's what Wolverine would say. I know he would. But so that whole deal and I like continuing on, I love that deal between Jean and Beast, you know, these two old friends, but the idea that Jean wants no parts of this, she's still gonna do her job and still help. And especially if it's a Colossus deal, because I think she's scanning Colossus to just save his ass if in fact Beast has gone too far and might go and kind of, you know, fudge the stats. So you have that. But even with that, you end up having Beast go off to apologize to Colossus when they go off to the Savage Land. Beast comes in, he says, Hey, I got some paints and stuff that I think uh Colossus would really like. Can I give it to him? Whatever. And Kayla. The girl that's with Colossus, she goes ham on beast to really show how badass she is, ends up sucking the water out of him. He is going to die. She is angry at what he has put Colossus through, especially Colossus in this, who has pretty much become a pacifist, 100%, doesn't want to get involved in any nonsense because of all the things that happen and happen in Russia and happen with Krakoa and all that stuff. So you end up having you know, him coming out and saying, whoa, 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 you know, you got to stop this, Kayla, you know, don't kill him, whatever, and then gets the paints and says, you know, thanks a lot. I'm going to try these out. I think that there is a way, you know, or at least there's, you know, something that we can do and all that stuff, but it's all going on now. And then you end up with the continuation during this issue. You do see that black sphere go down, take over a big whale, and then you end up having a ship Seemingly crash into it and get taken over because there's Black Tom. He's got his Mai ties on. There's a funny deal where it looks like Domino has buried him in sand and, and gave him like a bikini made of shells. It's kind of funny and also has the rescue dog from issue number five, Rufus. And Rufus is going out into the ocean, getting a Frisbee. They're all having a grand old time until monster-possessed sailors come up and attack the island, attack Black Tom. Black Tom's just, again, what's he doing? I saw him so upset before. Now he's just sipping drinks. He's like, oh, a lot of things coming up. Yeah, we thought it was Driftwood. Oh, no, it's it's freaking seaweed zombie monsters attacking. Oh, my goodness. And then they end up calling for Beast, Sage, you know, anybody who can listen. And there is... Domino yells, surf's up. I think you should be more specific. I said this with Ruben. Be more specific than yelling, surf's up. I mean, really? But yeah, that's how it ends. And by the end, I like what we got here. It's just, why aren't we seeing the big deal with all of those new mutants and what kind of security breaches they could bring maybe they're saving that for something a little bit later but overall it's it's kind of a it's a setup issue and so if we're going to end up coming out of ten of swords and we're going to get these setups for the new deal why can't you set up a little of what ended up happening in ten of swords i don't know i like joshua cassero's art but the story itself has that big hole in it with that and this idea of You know these sea monster things. Where's Sigmund? That's what I want to know. But these, it didn't really hit with me. I like the Omega Red stuff too, or though. And I actually uh, want to see more of that. I want to see more because Brandon still claims that you know Blade's going to be the king of the vampires, and he's nonsense. But we'll go with that. But hey, I'm going to give it a six point eight out of ten, a little up from what I did do with uh, with Ruben. Looking at the Omega Red stuff a little more I did like it But other than that Yeah, it's okay Okay, books this week Next week we only have one Not a lot of Marvel books next week Next week we have Excalibur So we'll be going through that one But until then I hope that you enjoyed the podcast Check us out on Twitter WS Marvel Comics. Go to our website WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com Also, if you... Like what you hear, want to hear what me and Ruben talked about Because it was a bit different with me and Ruben about these two books That's over on the Patreon at patreon.com Slash Weird Science, but a lot of other shows as well Usually about 60 to 70 episodes of things Some of the things that will be Marvel-esque this month Coming up, I'll be doing a, a review of the X-Men 92 cartoon uh, Episode 1, going through a cartoon deal Uh, On our movie podcast We're going to be doing The Amazing Spider-Man That'll be this month as well And also, if you're a Star Wars fan Me and my man Stork Who's not a Star Wars fan He's a Star Trek fan Me and him are going to be going through That great thing The Star Wars Holiday Special You know, that's how you get Star Wars fans You know, hey, you like the Star Trek And you don't like that Come over here And let's watch the Holiday Special, right? But that was actually picked on a poll, so that was the holiday movie that was picked, so we're going to be going through that, as well as me and Double A-Ron going through the beginnings of the first Phoenix saga. We're going to be doing that on our Marvel History podcast, our events podcast, as well as a bunch of other things. Me and Stork also went through uh, Deadpool Illustrated number three the whole deal after the Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, the kill book by Cullen Bunn in our Marvel Back Issues podcast. So there's just a couple to show you. There's a lot of Marvel shows that we do, a lot of other things, and even a manga show that me and my man, Luke would do this past Monday. It's every Monday. It's the Manga Monday show. We end up doing Sakamoto Day's. Uh, is the episode on chapter one of that. We always go through one chapter, one or two chapters of a book each week, and then we rotate through the books, things like that. So I hope that everybody enjoyed what I was talking about, understood, you know, maybe even more than me, because sometimes I get confused. I will admit that. So thanks everybody, and I will talk to you soon.